Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go over to 2 Timothy. We'll see if we can talk about an athlete before we go. I mean, you know, we're, you know, we talk about interesting times. We say we're in, uh, you know, a time that's, some people say, unprecedented. I guess for us it is, because we, we haven't walked through this before. But in all reality, there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, and we know that from Ecclesiastes. We know that from Scripture. And in all reality... Uh, God's never, you know, we haven't seen, you and I have not lived under a, a leader as far as Americans, like maybe a Nebuchadnezzar or somebody like that, you know what I mean? We, m- most people here, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't ruled by Adolf Hitler, you know, or anything like that. And so when we see what we do see and what's going on in the nation, it can stir your emotion. Just learn not to stir your emotion and, and allow that to lead you you should have passion um, away from the Holy Spirit within you. Uh, keep them together. Amen? Part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, which means what? There's a part of you that doesn't want to be controlled. Right? We can do that, right? We're going to talk about an athlete here, but you, you realize there's a part of you and there's a part of me. It's our natural self, our flesh, that doesn't want to be controlled. Um, and so we could make decisions. I've had people say to me, well, is God for violence? It depends. It depends. You know, uh, a lot of times I had somebody tell me this last week, well, you know, that's not Christian to, to storm the Capitol building. Well, it depends. Depends on what's going on. Amen? And so sometimes people think, and, and I know, you know, in the church we're experiencing this right now. Half the church, or maybe it's not half, I don't know, is standing on promises, believing God, willing to die for their God and their country. And then half the church, this is the Romans 13 split, believes that you just, whatever's over you is God's will and that's it. And do you know, in the founding of the nation, they had the exact same thing. And the split was Romans 13. Do you know if the half of the church that preached that whatever's over you is God's will, if they would have won, we would be speaking with an accent right now, a British one. (laughs) But (laughs) that's not what happened, right? That's not what happened. The half that believed Romans 13 was that we're to stand and believe God, and there is a time to defend yourself. Now, we don't have to start it, but how many know our founding fathers didn't start it? They finished it, and sometimes it cost them all their money, their families, their personal lives, but there's freedom today because of it, amen? And so do not be swayed to the right or to the left. Stand strong in your faith. Don't quit. Now, people say, well, you know, we're going to, they, they, they start talking away from the promises of God when they don't see that it happened yet. Don't do that. Hold yourself. Amen? But everything in me feels this direction. Okay? But is it in line with faith? 
And is it in line with what the Lord said? And a lot of the people that have abandoned what they feel like the Lord said right now were convinced wholeheartedly, you know, six months ago. This is what it's going to be. And I'll just declare this to you. Trump did win the election. Come on. You'd have to be, I can't say that because it's politically incorrect, but <laughs> you'd, you, you have to have your head in the sand to not see what's going on. You do. You're not even, you're not looking. And secondly, stop listening to the mainstream news media. Listen. They are, they are lying through their teeth. They are. They totally are. And so you need to be aware of that. And that's why we're standing in faith. And that's why I believe we're in this series on being a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Talking about really what it boils down to. If you look at these three different things, it's about discipline. And it's about staying the course. Do you know, uh, when in our study in Philippians, when we looked at some of these things, as far as the first chapter, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, begins to minister to the Philippians. He's in jail. He's under house arrest. He's, he's uh, uh, handcuffed to a Roman guard uh, 24-7. He's in this lockdown place. And the Holy Spirit ministers to in, in the midst of everything. The Holy Spirit is ministering to Paul about his situation, to the Philippians about their situation. And never in there does God say, it's okay now to go ahead and feel sorry for yourself and roll over and give up. In fact, in the midst of all of that, our God's grace is so powerful that he actually expects us to grow spiritually, advance the kingdom, and not quit and rejoice in the midst of trouble. Now, now, if you're a natural thinking believer, that will irritate you because in the natural, it can look like, what, why would I do that? That's insanity. No, it's only insane if you're gathering information from what you see and not from the unseen. But yet, let me help you with this. You do realize that your entrance into salvation came by the unseen and your conviction of that. So why would living your life out on this earth change? We walk by, not by. So what happens when something challenges your faith? You find out where you're at in your heart. Right? You find out what you're going to do. And people say, well, you're just deciding to believe. Exactly. What do you think you did when you got saved? You decided to believe. Amen. You made a decision to open your heart to what you couldn't see. And when that happened, Holy Spirit came and lived inside of you. And he hasn't quit. He's still there. Amen? And so we see in 2 Timothy 2, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, you therefore, now if you, you know the history of this letter. This is Paul's last epistle. He dies after this. He's a martyr. And uh, he's speaking to Timothy, and he's, he's exhorting. Can you imagine if you, were, you knew you were going to die, and you're writing a letter to a son or daughter or a son or daughter in the faith? You know, he's, so what's Paul doing? He's now had revelation from heaven. He knows that he's going back to heaven. He's going to go back and see the Lord. I believe he went there already once, so that's why I say that. But he's going to go there. 
and, and he's going to be with the Lord forever, but he also knows this son in the faith of his is going to stay here. And so he's imparting the principles to his son in the faith that will keep him going like he was kept going. He's giving him the words, the revelation, the truth that was given to Paul by the Holy Spirit. He's giving those to Timothy saying, this is how I succeeded. This is how I made it through. This is how I ran my race. This is how I finished my course. This is how I know that there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he's imparting that to Timothy. Why? Why is he imparting? Why? Because he knows Timothy's going to face a lot of the trials and tribulations that he did. And so how did I overcome? How did I get through this? Come on, we should be doing this with our kids. Amen? And our family. People say, well, they don't accept it. Keep doing it. Just keep living your life. Keep moving forward with the Lord in the discipline. Because if you do, you'll see the results. Amen? God honors faithfulness. And how many know this? Your words may be phenomenal, but how many know the Holy Ghost can speak to a person when you're not in the room? I've, I've told people this many times. The Lord revealed it to me. And so I've used it. I use it in prayer for you. You, you mean, you, yeah, I mean you sitting out there. I pray for you knowing that Holy Spirit is going to talk to you. Come on, how many do that for me? Amen? We do this. I do it for my kids. Because when I'm not around, guess who is? The omnipresent one. The omnipotent one. And how many know that God won't make you follow him, but he can be pretty convincing? I mean, think about Saul, who became Paul. I mean, you may be riding along, but you're about to be knocked off. Amen? And God still does that. And so we need to realize this is what's taking place. So Paul says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the what? Grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach them to others, which is what we were just talking about. You therefore must endure what? Hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone does what? Competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the what? Rules. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, and I want to read this in the uh, Amplified Version. It says this, And if anyone enters competitive games, he is, now, he is not crowned unless he com competes lawfully, fairly, according to the rules laid down. The message says, An athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. The Living Bible says, Follow the Lord's rules for doing His work. Just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified, and wins no prize. So Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is doing what? He's trying to shape and continuing to shape a certain thought pattern in Timothy's mind concerning what the Christian life is like. And apparently, we know this, it's like a soldier. But then we also know what? It's like an athlete. So Paul, and this is what uh, one commentary says along this line, it says this, Paul sometimes used athletic illustrations in his writings. Wrestling, boxing, come on, you don't want to beat the air, right? He talks about boxing, running, and exercising. 
The Greeks and the Romans were enthusiastic about sports, and the Olympic, uh, the Olympic and the Isthmian, that's a hard word to say, games were important events to them. Paul had already urged Timothy to exercise like an athlete. He said that in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Now Paul admonished him to obey the rules. A person who strives as, as an athlete to win a game and get a crown must be careful to obey all the rules of the game. In the Greek games in particular, the judges were most careful about enforcing the rules. Each competitor had to be a citizen of his nation. Come on, how many are a citizen of heaven? With a, all right, with a good reputation. Hopefully you have a good reputation there. In his preparations for the event, he had to follow specific standards. If an athlete was found defective in any matter, he was disqualified for, from competing. How many know if he's disqualified from competing, it doesn't mean he's not still part of the nation? Separate that in your mind, okay? Just because you may, be, may have broken a rule here or there doesn't mean you're, still not, you're not a child of God. You're still a child of God. You say, what do I need to do then, preacher? Adjust to the rules. Well, otherwise I won't make heaven. No, 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 you didn't hear me. How many know when my kids or your kids break the rules and they get disciplined, it doesn't mean they're no longer, um, like for me, a McFarland. They're still a McFarland. I don't say to my kids, you're grounded. You can't eat in my house anymore. My kids, if they were grounded or if they got disciplined for something, can still go to the fridge and eat food. Okay, now apply this to your Christian life. God is still providing for you. It's just that if you want the greater benefits to work, you have to play within the rules. Amen? And sometimes people don't like that because they think you're under grace and you can do whatever you want. But that's not the truth. <laughs> okay? So each competitor had to be a citizen of the nation in good, with a good reputation, reputation. In his presentation for the event, he had to follow specific standards. If an athlete was found defective in any manner, he was disqualified from competing. If after he had competed and won, he was found to have broken some rule, he then lost his crown. Uh, there was an athlete named, named Jim Thorpe, a great American athlete, who lost his Olympic medals because he had participated in sports in a way that broke the Olympic and Olympic rule. From the human point of view, Paul was considered a loser. How many know the world considers Christians losers? There was nobody in the grandstands cheering him. For all they which are in Asia, Asia, he said this in 2 Timothy 1.15, had turned away from him. How would you like to have an entire group that you led to the Lord turn away from you? And people today would have a church uh, planning meeting and a church leadership meeting saying that somehow Paul had missed it and he was a poor leader. Did he miss it? I don't think he did. But everybody there turned away from him. Now, if you go on, and there's lots of uh, uh, different levels of truth in here and lots of uh, things that affect how things take place. But he was in prison and he was suffering as an evildoer. Yet Paul was a winner. He had kept the rules laid down in the word of God and one day he would get his reward from Jesus Christ. Paul was saying to young Timothy, the important thing is that you obey the word of God no matter what people may say. You are not running the race to please people or to get fame. You are running the race to please who? Jesus Christ. Amen? So if we're going to run this race, the first thing we need to do in Hebrews 12.1 says this, laying aside every weight and the sin and sins 
and run with patience. The Amplified or the uh, New King James says it this way, Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares. Let us what? Run with endurance the race that is set before us or marked out before us. So what do we see here? We're to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So let's take a look at one of the major snares that believers deal with. Remember, these sins will prevent or thwart the Christian Christian from running their race effectively. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run but what? One receives the prize. Now that doesn't mean that everybody running here together in your Christian race were only one of you's winning. Okay? Because I know where that would go. Somebody to start tripping somebody else, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, in general, in the natural it's that way, but in the spiritual race, we all have an individual race to run. And there is a crown, there's a prize that's set before you, and if you don't run according to the rules, you'll miss that prize. Now again, he's not saying you won't go to heaven when you die. Man, we got to get past this, don't we? I mean, we need to know that truth, but we need to grow beyond that truth into the discipleship stage of Christianity. So he's saying, run in such a way, verse 24, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in what? In half of the things in his life. Temperate in what? All things. You're self-controlled in all things. Why? Because if you're not self-controlled, you'll end up with what? Weights and sins. Okay? You'll end up with weights and sins, things that weigh you down. You'll feel like, oh, I'm doing so good with God. And then you get away from the leading of the Spirit in your life, and you allow the flesh to begin to dominate you, and then all of a sudden you feel like you lost your salvation. Why? Because you started following a desire you shouldn't have. Amen? And not all weights are sins. They're not. So he says this, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it an imperishable one. What is temperate in all things? This means you exercise self-restraint. We are running in a spiritual race and must exercise self-restraint in order to obtain our imperishable crown. Verse number 26, therefore I run, Paul says, thus not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who, what, beats the air. But watch what he says in verse 27, and this is where I want us to really focus. But I discipline my, my what? I discipline my body and bring it into. Now watch, he's talking about running a race. And we were just in Hebrews 12, and he said, there are sins, there are weights. He talks about not beating the air. He talks about competing for a prize. And then he goes into what? I bring my what into subjection? My, my body. Which means what? Your body and my body needs subjection. And if I don't allow the Holy Spirit and the renewal of the word, and cooperate with them to subdue or bring into subjection my body, I will have weights and sins. I will beat the air. I will run without a focus in mind. I'll allow things in this life to distract me from my faith and from serving and pleasing God, and what will take place? I'll miss my prize. 
Amen. Okay? So he says, I bring, I discipline my body. Now, when you're young, your parents are supposed to discipline your body. How many have noticed recently, if you're on your own, living on your own? Now, if you're, if you're like 30 and your mom's still picking out your diet, something's wrong. What, I strike a nerve on that or what? <laughs> it's like, don't mess with me, man. My mom still makes my lunches. <laughs> okay? No, no, no. If you're on your own, how many have noticed that when nobody's around, your body will go, eat the whole tray of brownies? <laughs> I don't know why I always go to food. Maybe it's an issue with me. <clears throat> it just seems to really resonate with people. <laughs> In other words, What? We have to learn to control our flesh. Because if I don't, what will take place? I'll actually end up disqualifying myself as an example of a disciple, as an example of what God wants to do. The issue is not I can't eat a brownie. The issue is who's leading me to eat the brownie and how much. Amen? People, people pretend. They're like, I just looked down and half the tray was gone. <laughs> you lying to yourself. <laughs> and nobody else is in the house? And then they pray, God, give me strength. And he's going, I put it in you. Use it. All right. <laughs> Can we go back to the healing line, preacher? I'm trying. I discipline my body, Paul says. I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become what? Disqualified. Or you could say this, become a poor quality witness. That's what you mean. That's what that means, I believe. Okay? You become a poor quality witness. So let's go over to Galatians 5, and we'll look at this. Paul said, Galatians 5, 16. He said, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So I'm going to read it to you the way I read it when I read it, because I've done the study on the words. So I say, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires against the spirit, and the spirit desires against the desires of the flesh. And these are what? Contrary to one another. How many have ever felt like, man, I don't know what's going on. I just feel contrary. It's biblical. You're going to have tension in this life. Amen? That's why it's a soldier. That's why it's an athlete. That's why it's a farmer. Why? There's discipline that needs to take place in the, in the athlete's life in order to compete to beat the other guy or gal who is disciplined in what they're doing. How many know Olympic athletes are not like, well, let's just see what the meal is today. Let's just eat whatever we want. I'm going to go win in my races against all other nations in long distance, but I'm going to show up in snow boots, in, uh, in a, 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 a winter coat with a heavy, heavy snowsuit on, and I'm going to run against the Kenyans who are in these itty-bitty shorts they don't even have a chain on them. You know what I mean? Not even a gold chain. They've done everything. They shave hair off because it could be drag. 
And in the Christian world, we're like, we show up and we're like, at the starting line, <laughs> ready to go. What's, what's the, what's, what do you got the back, in the back? Well, that's, I got some bananas and nuts back there and I got some, just in case I get tired in the race and. Have you ever noticed that, that long distance runners don't necessarily just carry all their own water? They run by a group that has water and they, they throw it over their head and then throw They don't even throw the trash away. They throw it on the ground. Why? They're trying to win a race. They have one thing in mind. I got to get to that finish line before the other person does. And when it comes to long distance, it's always, I got to get to the finish line before the Kenyan. Am I wrong? I don't think so. Those guys, man, they can run. But they didn't get that way without discipline of their bodies. And so if we want to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, we got to walk in the Spirit. And how many know the, that the leading of the Spirit doesn't lead you to more fleshiness? Good, get on, just skip on down to verse 19. It says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. Well, I'm just mad at them. I have a fence in me, all weights and sins. Well, I disagree with them on that point. And you meditate on it, meditate on it. Pretty soon, your brother in Christ is now your enemy because you're, you're disagreeing on a conviction. That's a weight. That's a sin. That's something that will actually slow you. Your pace will slow down. You'll feel like lethargic spirits. Like, what is going on? And I was drinking Coca-Colas instead of Gatorades. Come on. Right? All of a sudden, uh, may, I may have gotten saved before my brother over here or sister over here, but they're still running out ahead of me, and they're happy because they haven't picked up the offense that I did. And now I'm mad at every preacher in the world that doesn't agree with me. We agree on 99.9% .9 of stuff, but it's this 0.01. I'm going to prove to them. Amen? And we get slowed up in our race. Or it could just be desires of the flesh. It could be all those other things. How many know your flesh envies? Your, your flesh has dissensions. Your flesh has heresies. Your flesh has murders. Your flesh has drunkenness. Your flesh has revelries and the like. I love that. Paul puts that in there. He's like, this is a few, but there's some others that are like it. So watch out for those too. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also have in time past, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is, you're going to shortchange the manifestation of the kingdom in your life if you yield to the desires of your flesh. Amen? How many know you cannot work your way into heaven? Okay, no need for Jesus if the law would have worked as far as our salvation is concerned, but it didn't. But how many know here we're not saved by works, but we're created unto good? Hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who, those who are Christ's, say I'm Christ's, have crucified the, with its passions and, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So if you have a desire 
that is outside the uh, that is outside the purview of what you see here as the as the nature of the spirit and you begin to look at it and go wait a minute this feels like a different desire than what I know is the holy spirit desire it seems a little more on the flesh side if you have that desire what do you know i need to cut this off in my life I need to keep it, because if I'm following the Holy Spirit, he's not leading me into manifestation and strengthening of the desires of the flesh. If I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit as an athlete, as a soldier, he is not leading me into things, into uh, uh, projects, into desires, into uh, relationships, into uh, job opportunities and different things that are going to heighten and increase the nature of my flesh. Amen. And people say, well, that's difficult, man. I'll have to really focus Sounds like a soldier and an athlete. You think an, an Olympic athlete that plays for, uh, that will play for the, and compete for the United States of America, and they know they're going to compete. They're sitting around going, ah, it doesn't really matter what time I show up to practice. It just doesn't matter. I mean, who cares, really? I mean, I'm naturally a really good athlete. I'll probably be fine. But Christians do this. And the reason why is not because you're evil. It's because your flesh is. <laughs> you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But your flesh and my flesh all need discipline daily. My dad used to say to me, I should have spanked you more. <laughs> but I was too big by then, so I was like, Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> now, you got to, that's not fair because you got to understand my family. We, we joke a lot. So it was, you know, more in, in joking. But I didn't walk away from those conversations and those words not stay with me because they would. And it wasn't a thing where my dad was like, I just realized he's saying, hey, you need to pay attention, Sean. Because I can't discipline your body, your flesh anymore. You need to. Does that make sense? So you need to control you. I need to control me. And I have the ability of God in me to do that. And when you're first starting out in some of these things, it can be difficult. It can be work. But the longer you go in it, the better it gets. Pretty soon, your flesh, you know, it, you can train it. doesn't mean the desires will go away, but you can get real strong over the top of it. Amen? How many of, uh, go ahead and stand with me. How many of you have missed a prayer time because your flesh wanted to do something else? I'm not talking about prayer time here. I'm talking about you were kind of by yourself. You had a little bit of time, whatever it was, and you just had this sense inside of you, man, I should spend just a few minutes praying. And then another thought came to you. We should do this. And it, was a, it wasn't necessarily a sin, it was just a wait, and you picked one thing over another, and you probably would have been done praying in 15 minutes if you would have taken time to fellowship with the Lord, and then through the course of your day, you run into things and you're not ready for them because you didn't set your spiritual mind at that moment. Does that make sense? So in this life where we're at, guys, and you can apply, people say, well, you went from, 
you know, talking about the prophetic, talking about these ministries and things and ministering to people and going into self-discipline. They all connect. They all connect. Do you know it takes self-discipline to continue to believe God when it doesn't look like it's working? Amen? It take, you have to discipline your flesh because your flesh will get up in the morning and it'll go, oh, I don't want to go to work today. You know who I have to work with? Yes, and they have to work with you. That was just so you could be blessed. <laughs> but just keep it, keep it in perspective, right? Keep it in the perspective of the spirit within you. Amen? Keep it within the, the perspective of the spirit within you. Walk in love. Walk in patience. Walk in the character and the discipline of the word of God and the spirit of God. And how many know the Holy Spirit will always lead you into the fruit of the Spirit. That doesn't mean you can't see things that are wrong. doesn't mean you don't know what's going on. It's not ignorance like that. People will think you're ignorant because you don't respond the way the world does. But you're keeping your flesh under. And what does that do? That causes you to run light and run ready. Ready and just steady. Pace after pace. Pace after pace. Year after year. Yeah, I'm serving you, Lord. We're watching your promises come to pass. Prize after prize. Manifestation after manifestation. The word of God is increasing in your life. Your harvests go from 30-fold. Then they go to 60-fold. Then they go to 100-fold. Which is what? Completeness. Amen? People say, well, do you think it'll be in this life? Or do you think, you know, what do you, well, I know this. All of this will be great at a level we don't even understand when we get new bodies. All right? So I know that for sure. Amen? Praise God. Did you get anything today? I know we went over. But, you know, that's all right. That healing anointing's working in you. How many know God's working in our nation? How many know you can walk disciplined as an athlete this week? People say, well, I got so many things. Hear from God, he'll deal with one. Start there. I'm not going to, Lord, by your leading, I'm not going to do this. Start doing it, discipline after discipline. Amen? I used to be able to run 10 miles without stopping. Now I can't even climb the steps. Start climbing the steps. Make that the goal. And then as you develop, you know, walk around the block seven times, depending on the size of your block. Do you see what I'm saying? There's always a way to discipline the flesh and put it under. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness and your word. You're so faithful to us. Lord, we're believing you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to live in this time and to trust you. We bless you and honor you. If you're in here today and you need prayer for anything at all, we have altar workers up here for you, whether it be, you know, if it's you wanted to pray for healing, we missed you, whatever it is. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, rededication or salvation. There are altar workers up here. Please come and be a part of that. Don't forget, we have Wednesday night Bible study this Wednesday, but there is no in-person service the 17th or the 20th of this coming week, okay? No in-person service. We give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. 
If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.